Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cup glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico. And he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Happy New Year and welcome back to the number one Greyhound Racing podcast, the Green Light On Premier Racing podcast, and we're into season number two. I can't believe it. Our first season went strongly. We're back for season number two. Looking forward to looking at all of the metropolitan racing here in uh, Victoria at both Sandown and the Meadows uh, for the next part of the year. Uh, And as well as that, we will do those deep dives and as well the Country Cup previews. So, so much to look forward to starting with this episode. We're knocking on the door of 100 episodes as well, which will come up. Very, very soon indeed. We're going to chat with Jake Dean, a young trainer who's on the up. He's got a a runner at Sandown Park on Thursday, also a runner uh, Wednesday night at Ballarat, and then one at Warrigal on Thursday as well. So we'll get the inside word there. The grand tally for season one's uh, punters punting club. It's not looking great for me, but... uh, We'll, uh, we'll crown the winner of that. So don't go anywhere. Plenty to listen to on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Back with season number two. Run of the week. Just like usual, run of the week, just like normal, we've got a run of the week. And last week we spoke to Paul Abella. He said cruise mode's flying. We, uh, we jumped on and this is how cruise mode got the job done. Racing cruise mode began brilliantly from four. Speed out on the inside from Crackerjack King, and right there, tick along flyers. They hit the first turn. Leader Crackerjack King, but now tackled by cruise mode, who cuts to the rail and takes off from tick along flyer. Out deep was Moth Rocks on the rail was Loxton Bale. Well, Lady Dior well back, and then came Masterclass and Trending Wanda, but the leader was cruise mode in front by three. Crackerjack King tries hard with tick along flyer, but cruise mode is cruising to victory. Wins it by three in the end over Crackerjack. Jack King and Tigalong Flyer, fourth across the line. Pretty dominant win in the end. Never really looked in doubt in cruise mode. 29-29 or thereabouts. And we heard from Paul Abella mentioning that maybe down the track a bit more ground might be the go for cruise mode. Uh, went 29-31, I think the amended run was, but uh, uh, scintillating, 1878 down the back. So if she is going to get up over the journey, she could be definitely one to follow. And if you could look into the crystal ball and work out if she is going to stay, you could almost have a play at the all-in markets. And speaking of the crystal ball, don't go anywhere. Dan Hibbert looks into exactly that to uh, to try and work out who is going to be the star greyhound for this upcoming year in 2023. Thursday's preview. Okie Thursday night preview time. Nice to kick it off with a win, wouldn't it? The uh, the new year. I always like to go out with a winner. We just missed on Saturday night, New Year's Eve, with Federal Reserve getting nabbed on the line. So hopefully we can begin 2023 uh, on the uh, the right side of the ledger. Tips for the program. Race one on with number two flying free. We could go around at an each way price. I uh, thought the run was well well enough to uh, to suggest last time. That, uh, that he'd be competitive in a race like this. Number two on top for me. Not a great deal of confidence. Race number two. I'm with Forahana sit down. Another that will be a nice each way price. I thought was a bit unlucky but last week. Was uh, cannoned into turning for home and uh, lost all momentum but was right up on the speed. Has been sprinting well. 
can run a bit of a race. Number four, we will speak to Jake Dean, who prepares number two, Jukebox Blues, who's drawn a bit better in this. Race number three, I'm going with five, Never Be Alone. I just love that early speed. She's brought to every one of her six starts to date. 4.99 to the peg at Sandown. Goes across town to the Meadows and runs the identical 4.99 last time. So she's the leader. And I think from there, she's the one to beat. Race number four, I'm going with two plan ahead veteran. I just think draws well. And uh, if plan ahead can find a way past the red, Wingram Road, I think it'll be pretty hard to beat. Race five, uh, best bet of the night, clearly Amron Boy. And there's a big chance when we look into that crystal ball a bit later on in the podcast, he will be uh, the greyhound that we, we, we look closely at because he's had a, a stellar 2022, probably could have been a lot bigger and just maybe... Uh, this could be the start of something pretty special for Amron Boy for the year. Race number six, I'm with the Red Ailey Bale. A bit disappointing, I thought, last time. So um, I take as a little bit of a risk, I think, Ailey Bale. But her best form, including that run where she just got beat in a heat of the laurels back in early December, that just... Uh, if, you, if she was going exactly with that form line into this race over 600, she'd be a dollar thirty and she'd win. So... It's just a little concern that maybe her last run, and even though she still went 30 and 12, she just didn't have that zip early. So we'll see how she goes off the red. The corner start should bring her out and should be hard to beat. Race seven on with two Springview. Noah called him down at sale last time. The win was really, really good, and I think he's drawn well. He's an each-way chance. Race number eight, tough race. I'm with the uh, the Melbourne Cup champ. He doesn't mind the blue rug. He doesn't mind Sandown Park, and... I think he'll be hard to beat with a clean run. Yachi Bale. Race number nine, I'm going with two Golden Quest. I think just uh, one of the the on-pace superior stayers of the field and should be hard to catch. There obviously is Ariane Bale, who's just really hard to catch. Uh, completely different to, uh, to Golden Quest. And, and Lakeview Patsy, who's a front runner. Quarter again likes to get out in front. And Scherzani does show a mid-race turn of pace. So I don't think, apart from Ariane Bale, there's not explosive strength in the race. And... If Golden Quest was to lead, Golden Quest would be winning, I think. Race 10, uh, here I'm with number two, Exalted. Uh, forgive run last time, was smashed early. Bomb the start, the start prior at Shepherd. And the only concern is he seems to do his best racing at the Meadows. So if he can bring his Meadows form here, I think he'll be hard to beat. Then race 11, I'm really keen on number one, Ludo Bagman. I think he draws well. He'll punch up under the check early and should be hard to beat. And race number 10, I'm with five, Aston Kalkara. Close your eyes early. We'll miss the kick, but we'll come with a, a strong thumping run at the end. Hunters, hunting club. Okay. I didn't really want to get to this. The results are in for uh, season one. We went from... Uh, the start of the financial year, which was uh, July the 1st onward, uh, myself, Jason Adams and Corey Smith. Now, I've broken it down into a few different ways and every single way we break this down, Jason Adams is the clear-cut winner. So, well done to Race and Jason Adams. It was a loss of $111.50, but when I say it's a loss, we've uh, we've worked these punters' punting club bets out on the start price on the tote. So obviously you can fetch a lot better prices in the lead up to these greyhounds that are being tipped on a on a podcast with such a big following. So next year or this season that we've already started, uh, we will be taking sports bet start price instead of the local tote price. So here are the results anyway. Uh, Jason Adams tipped in 21 podcasts. He returned a loss of $111.50. And yes, it's a loss, but it's a win. Uh, and as I say... Probably based on the fact we were taking totes and there's a lot of $1.04s and, and uh, unders price-wise that happened throughout the year. But that was an average of a loss of $5.31 per episode. Into second placing, 51 episodes tipped. It's a bit of a mouthful, this. James Vandermart, 
myself. Uh, a loss of $9.42 per episode. I know it's not sounding too good, but again, I must I must reiterate it is tote price. If you were shopping around, you probably would have came out just about in front. And uh, in last, but not with the biggest loss for the year, but because he only tipped in a small amount of events, 26 was Corey Smith with a, a loss of an average of $17.73 per punters punting club so he needs to lift i need to lift jason adams i think if he just rolls the same uh, with the better pricing this year he'll do well but let's start the punters punting club for 2023 and i'm telling you now i'm a bit disappointed with my results so i'm spending a lot more time breaking the form down to uh, to try and get us out in front uh race five number one amron boy he's the shorts but I think it'll be nice just to kick off with a win in the punters punting club. So I have 20 a win on him. And Ludo Bagman, race 11, number one, is my other each way best bet of the night. And I'll have $15 each way on him. Jason Adams has kicked off with a bet on the beak. And why not? When you're leading the punters punting club at uh, season number one's end, you can do what you want. Uh, race nine, number two, $50 on the beak, as he calls it, of Golden Quest. So let's see how the punters punting club goes in 2023. But bombs out again. You will not see it in 2024. Inside Info. First Inside Info segment for the year of 2023, and we're going to get straight into it. Jakey Dean's been good enough to uh, to jump on the number one pod in Greyhound Racing. Jakey, happy new year, mate. How are you going? Good, James. How are you going? Yes, going well. Uh, you're off to Sandown Park Thursday night. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday morning. You're about to head to Ballarat to race this evening, but we'll start with... Uh, with your involvement, mate, you were you were brought up in the the world of greyhound racing, so you've obviously got a, a rich love for the greyhounds themselves. Yeah, that's right. Um, just been around it all my life. Uh, family's always been involved, and my grand, my late grandfather is that. So, yeah, always been stuffing around with dogs. <laughs> and you're having a decent run yourself. I notice Jukebox Blues heads to uh, to Sandown in the grade six and seven uh, final race number two uh, Thursday night. I, I feel this greyhound, she's, she's got a lot of ability and um, when she does put it all together, she can be a little bit hit or miss, but I feel like the last couple of starts, she's probably getting a little bit more consistent in the way that she's going about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, at first, like when we were first breaking them all in and that, she was probably one of the best ones going at the time. But, um, yeah, she's just taken a while just to get the hang of it, the racing side of things. But she's starting to put it all together. Um, I think over the two turns she'll be a lot better if she can get out in front and um, if there's a mix-up behind. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, she does look a bit of a chance. Box number two, are you happy with her drawn down to the inside? She's had a pretty tough run of the draws lately. I've just gone through her last five starts. She's drawn eight, five, 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 and then three, and now she's finally got box number two. Yeah. Yeah, very happy with the draw. Um, I see that Anthony's dogs have got um, five and seven, I think. And for you, what's the what's the dream in Greyhound Racing? What's the, the race that you'd love to, to one day win? Uh, Melbourne Cup, for sure. Melbourne Cup. And was it Grandpa yeah. who won? Was it the Easter Egg in Sydney amongst no, some other great races? No, nah, just about the Easter Egg was pretty much the thing that he couldn't Didn't win. Um, he won the Melbourne Cup in 96 with Henry Han. Yep. Um, yeah. Had a fair few good dogs back in the day, but yeah. Well, fingers crossed, mate. You can uh, you can follow in in his footsteps. I love a love a good love story on this podcast as well. And uh, just recently, <laughs> you found love uh, with a, a greyhound participant. Can you tell the listeners out there how that all came about? <laughs> yeah, Chelsea. Um, she lives down in Bendigo. The yeah, mum and her grandfather 
Dallas and Noel, Messina. Um, yeah, just kept racing down there and started talking and, yeah. What's it, it? What's it like when you go there for dinner and, and Gramps is there? Uh, Noel, one of the, the great Bendigo trainers and checkers, and he was actually a race caller for a small section of time as, as well, and he was pretty good at it too, uh, Noel, let me tell you. What, what do you talk about at dinner? Is it, is it a racing chat or is, yeah. have you got to know the, the family, I guess, away from the racing side of things as well? Yeah, a little bit. I find it hard to get up there. As, like, I don't get up there as much as I would like because, as you know, like, Got a lot of dogs here at home, but um, yeah, when I get up there, we have dinner and that, and yeah, chat about dogs and whatnot. But I'm starting to get to know them pretty well. So tonight you're heading to Ballarat, Texas Longhorn, drawn race seven, box number two. Just for the the listeners that get onto this podcast nice and early, they might be able to to jump on this one. Is he half a chance from box number two? Yeah, I think. Well, he definitely prefers it out wide, but the way he went last week, he sort of shocked us all and. He went really good, and if he can repeat that run, he's definitely got a good chance. Can I ask what it was like defeating Lamonica? Speaking of the love story that we spoke <laughs> of, <laughs> trained by the Massners, and you uh, you got the better of Lamonica down at Warnable. Was that a touch awkward after the race? Yeah, it was a bit <laughs> awkward, yeah. I didn't know whether to feel bad or be happy or, I don't know, it was just mixed feelings, but, yeah. <laughs> and Magic Lies uh, going around tomorrow at Warrigal. I, I think I called uh, this girl second or third up at, at Warrigal the other day, and uh, behind Ashley Hook, I thought the run was really good, and, and I think she's very, very, very well graded to the, the series that she goes into from box four on uh, Thursday. Yeah, um, sort of straight after the run last week, we saw this um, the heats advertised, and we thought, yeah, we'll target them. And hopefully, she gets in an easier heat, and yeah, I think she's got a good chance as well. Um, if she can just jump to the front, I think she can run good time, and yeah. Well, good luck, mate. You've given us more than enough uh, on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. Good luck tonight. Good luck tomorrow. Winners are plenty for uh, Jakey Dean in 2023. Thank you. Thanks, James. The 2023 Greyhound Racing's Crystal Ball. We'll talk about an impressive stinger, the crystal ball of 2022. It awaits. Uh, we can look inside it, and the man who is taking a look inside the crystal ball for me is Daniel Hibbert, and he's been good enough to jump on the podcast. Dan, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Jim. Uh, pleasure to be back. Uh, 2023, it's, uh, yeah, looking forward to a, another great year. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's a it's really, uh, really strong one, particularly from the, a greyhound perspective. It's going to be uh, some... Amazing racing, I reckon, across the next 12 months, across uh, the whole country, I've got no doubt about it. There's no doubt at all when you think of the the, the greyhounds that are carrying their form into uh, the new year, into 2023, and uh, and then those who are sort of bursting through, and, and I speak of greyhounds like Rejuvenate, but this segment is the crystal ball, um, the impressive stinger that we heard just a moment ago. It took a little bit of time to put together, Dan, so I'm going to throw it to you, mate, to look inside the crystal ball and let the punters out there know what's going to happen in 2023. Who's going to be the, the greyhound that dominates uh, the next 12 months? Oh, I've really got no doubt that Amron Boy's the one to, to follow. Um, I just think he's uh, he's done his apprenticeship. He's uh, he's been uh, knocking on the door to the boss, saying I need a promotion, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get a top job uh, across the next uh, the next twelve months for sure. He's he's just in uh, in great form at the moment, and I think his time to shine is uh, is twenty twenty three. 
and it wouldn't surprise me one little bit at, at some point during the year, particularly at Sandown, that we see him uh, join the uh, the sub-29 club. I've got no doubt about that too. Tell you what, it's not much of a crystal ball. It's more like a ball with a, a photograph of Amron Boyd taped around the outside of it because I think exactly the same way. I mean, he just knocked on the door, didn't he, late in the year? And uh, look, we spoke about him in the, I guess, the the recap on this podcast recently that he could have been a $1.52 million earner for the year last year. And the, the scary thing is he's probably just now sort of ready to pounce. And I know I know he's been there for some time, but he's still young. He's still got plenty of upside. He's drawn beautifully this week uh, off the plum. So maybe, just maybe, he can join that uh, 29 sub-club a little bit quicker than most expect. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he gets the, the opportunity to um, to do it uh, in, a, in a very, very much a winnable race for him on, on Thursday night. But he's just, uh, he's. I mean, he's always had a fair bit of a boom on him and, yeah, there's obviously been a a little bit of uh, disappointment in the fact that he he was just beaten in those couple of big races. But I think, as I say, I think that's his apprenticeship. I think he's ready to to step up to the big time now, and I think he's going to be uh, awfully hard to beat in anything any of the big races that he contests over the next twelve months. One hell of an apprenticeship. Can't wait to see now that he's fully qualified. Dan, good on you, mate. Uh, good calling the Savo, and uh, good calling at Sandown this year. We wish you well. Thanks, Jim. And that's it. The end of episode number one of season number two. Hope you've enjoyed the coverage. It's been uh, pretty good fun uh, riding solo once again. But the good news is Jason Adams, Corey Smith, they'll be back. We're letting them have a little bit of a well-earned break and we will uh, sink our teeth back into the normal type of episode uh, very, very soon. Until next time, putters, safe travelling and happy punting. Go Amron, boy.